The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello and welcome to episode 214. I hope that you're doing very well today. If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me. To get that, you can head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can leave me a message or you can use my Calendly to book yourself that free session. In today's podcast, I interview the fantastic Bart Schulterson. Bart is a level three Wim Hof instructor and is actually somebody who teaches other um, other people how to become Wim Hof instructors. So that's actually how I met him. Um, He's somebody who has a a really fascinating story. He's he's a, a neuropsychologist. Um, He was working in academia for many years and he found after a long time that that life wasn't actually uh, very suited to him and he was struggling in all sorts of different ways uh, with anxiety and and different things. And so today he shares his story about that and how having left the academic world, he is now more himself than ever. He's grown into being a mindset expert, breathwork guide, Wim Hof Method Academy instructor and a big nature lover. He has found his passion in bridging the gap between evidence-based and experience-based with the mission to reconnect people with their own nature and thus make this world a bit more beautiful. Um, I think you'll find it's a a really uh, interesting conversation. We we cover a lot of ground. We're looking at the Wim Hof method. Obviously, we discuss Bart's uh, story and his own struggles. Um, we, we look at how you can actually use the, the Wim Hof method in, in the best possible way, uh, both, both the cold um, and the, uh, the, the breath work. And uh, we talk about trauma and how, how the breath work can actually be quite, quite helpful for things like trauma. Um, and then we also look at the importance of nature, how getting out into nature can be so helpful uh, when it comes to things like, uh, like anxiety and uh, an OCD. If you would like to get in touch with Bart, you can check out his uh, website, which is uh, bartsholterson.nl, or you can also uh, find him on Instagram. The uh, information will be in the show notes. So there we go. I really hope that you enjoy. If you have any questions, then do please let me know. And many thanks. Hi, Bart. Welcome to the podcast. Rob, thank you very much for having me. No, it's really great nice. to yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, so to to start off with, um, obviously we we met each other at the uh, the Wim Hof uh, instructors course in Stroh in the Netherlands. Um, a fantastic weekend that we that we had there, and you were one of the two guys that was leading uh, that that workshop and that weekend. Yeah, um, correct. Yeah. So can you can you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Um, well, we met in Stru because I'm one of the uh, trainer trainers for uh, the Wim Hof Method Academy. Um, and, and besides that, I'm a Dutchie, um, born and raised in the Netherlands, um, got four kids, um, love nature. Nature saved me um, multiple times already. Um, so like to be outdoors as much as we are indoors now. Um, Neuropsychologist by training. I have I've had a long career in uh, in the academy uh, in another another academy than the Wim Hof Method Academy. Um, so so working for universities um, up until a point that my body said this ain't working anymore. You need to do something else. That's a very long story short, and maybe we can dive into that at a certain point. And I had to reinvent myself. Uh, I had to figure out why what I am, who I am, and why I'm here. Uh, what my added value in this society could be. Um, 
and that's when I started, well, after some soul searching and um, getting rid of limiting beliefs. Um, and uh, I started my own company um, in which I help people, in essence, be themselves. So my company, Back to Your Nature Coaching, is about taking people out into nature to let them reconnect with their own nature which in essence is the same thing because we are nature just as much as trees and plants and everything is nature. Um, and I help people be themselves, help uh, people uh, create a more balanced, um, maybe not easier, but more balanced way of living. And that's what gets me through the day, um, learning and growing every day. Um, yeah, shoe size 43, you know, and, and, and that's, <laughs> that's the most asked question. <laughs> The most important one as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's in short who I am. Um, a lover of life, always open, always learning, student of life. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So wow, yeah, a, a neuropsychologist. And oh yeah, that too. Yeah. So um, so could you tell us a little bit more then about about your story there about mm -hmm. kind of um, what took you off that path? You just mentioned that it wasn't it wasn't working for you at all, and yeah. Uh, you, yeah. Yeah, it's um, well, it, I think it starts somewhere um, in my I worked for uh, Maastricht University in the Netherlands, which is a big university in the Netherlands for 12 years. And then for some reason, I, it's, it's still not exactly clear, clear to me why I all of a sudden didn't work there anymore. Um, and I was trying to prove myself to, well, society, people, thoughts and, 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 and voices in my mind. Uh, that I could actually do this. So after a detour with a different job, I got an opportunity to work at another university as uh, an assistant professor uh, in, in neuropsychology. Um, that's, I started out very motivated. Uh, okay, I'm getting a sort of a second chance here. I'm going to prove that I can do this, um, even though I probably already proved that to a lot of people over those 12 years that I've worked uh, at the first university. Uh, I started out with lots of enthusiasm and somehow um, that enthusiasm got dampened by, well, limiting beliefs and by um, borders that I wanted to cross to help that place grow, help myself grow, but at that time and point were impossible. And in the end, um, I just, you know, it, it felt like Don Quixote um, fighting windmills, um, which maybe not be the best idea to do. Uh, and I kept on fighting and fighting and fighting and my energy levels kept on getting lower. Um, I just kept on pushing through, like I had blind, sort of almost blindfolds on, pushing, pushing, pushing. This is what I am. I'm a neuropsychologist and assistant professor. I need to do this because this is what I am. Um, but then my body started giving me signals, and um, which obviously at first I discarded, like, yeah, sure, not listening to this, goals, targets, deadlines, this is my reality. Mm, yeah. um, and in the end, I could not look away from what was because my body pulled the emergency brake on me eventually. And um, yeah. I became sick. I had to stay home. I, my energy levels were <laughs> gone. Um, couldn't do anything anymore. Well, yeah, I could go to the bathroom. Um, that was about it. Uh, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't enjoy my kids anymore. I couldn't enjoy life anymore. Um, while there is so much to enjoy in this life. And, uh, and I didn't know what was happening. A lot of fears and anxiety like phew, fully blew over me. Um, and I realized that this is not a healthy situation, that I, I have to do something here. And I, I completely didn't know what to do. Um, so I went to the company physician, told him my story. And he said, well, it's good that you're here now and not in two months, because most likely you wouldn't have entered any more then, maybe in a gurney or something, but not on your two feet. Mm -hmm. um, let's call this a burnout. And we're going we're gonna to help you solve this issue. Uh, you're going to work less. And I was like, work less? No, that's not possible. You know, you know I've got mails. I've got answers I have to give. <laughs> and fully in my head. Um, yeah. And he said, well, go to talk to your boss because this is not your problem anymore. He has to take care of this. And I was like, uh, fully afraid to say like, I cannot do this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not able at this time and point to provide what you're uh, expecting from me. Took me three conversations with my former boss who was a therapist himself, but he didn't understand what was, on, what was going on. Um, and after three conversations, it was clear. And then he said, okay, then you'll start working less and we'll start coaching or whatever to get you back on track. 
and back on track eventually meant that I started working at university again, but also quickly found out that that was not my place anymore, that I had, had to move on, had to take new steps. So mm -hmm. I left the academy uh, in 2015 and started my own company of helping people because in this process of being coached, helping somebody help me overcome my fears, my anxieties, my limiting beliefs, um, I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to help people be themselves because this works. And, um, and I've been studying so much. I've been in my head. So my entire life was in my head. And you can have a philosophical discussion about whether everybody's entire life is not inside of their heads. But um, my entire life was mind and not feeling, not experiencing only theory and ratio. Um, and I thought, what you're doing, you're helping people. I want to help people. So I said, I want your job. And then she said, well, maybe you should start for yourself which I did. And then from that point on, I started growing my own company, sharing my story and helping people be themselves because the only thing you can be is you. Fantastic. Yeah. What a, what a great story. Um, and so I, I imagine somewhere along, along that uh, path there of uh, exploring uh, ways of, of, uh, of living a, a healthier way and, and uh, more in line with, with your nature. Yeah. You kind of came across the Wim Hof method. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I think uh, I think like a lot of people, um, at some point you're somewhere on your laptop doing YouTube movies, and then somehow, maybe the universe provides here. I don't know. Uh, could be you find a movie of a crazy guy swimming past icebergs. Uh, I wasn't looking for that. I thought, but maybe I was, and I thought this is bullshit. I started looking for the green screen. I thought, okay, so they, they, they photoshopped this in there. And well, it turned out that it wasn't that, that way, that he actually was swimming there, that his name was Wim. Uh, and then he also said like, this is healthy for you. And me as a scientist was thinking, healthy, how? You know, this is gonna kill you. Um, so that was the first time that I sort of saw this crazy Dutchman, uh, AKA Wim, the Iceman. Um, and, um, and then I discarded it again because I was too much in survival mode to actually do something with it. I think this was somewhere in, well, maybe mid 2014. Um, I just let it go again. And then at the end of 2014, I got an invitation and I also do not know why and how, I cannot remember how exactly this got to me, but I got an invitation to participate in a scientific research, which was inspired by Wim Hof. And I thought, I heard that name before somewhere. So I Googled him again, ha, mm. that crazy guy with the icebergs. Um, <laughs> and that's when I participated in the cool challenge, which is published, uh, in, well, I think 16 something, um, scientific study, um, 3000 people showering cold in the month of January, uh, with very groundbreaking results. And, um, and I was one of those participants. And, um, so actually science, my full life, and that time and point sort of lured me in to the method. Um, and that's when I decided after four or five days of pure hell of cold showering, uh, which it was at that time and point, um, I, I all of a sudden on, on the day five or six, I cannot exactly remember, I got out of the shower and I was warm and I felt alive and I did not have any like thoughts in my head, fogging up my head. Um, and thought, whoa, what's this? I feel energy. And that's when I decided, okay, let's continue with this. Uh, I finished the, the, so, so the exercises. I, I, I filled out many questionnaires, which we all had to do. And I thought, I wanna know more here. And that's when I decided to dive into this method more, read up about it more. And eventually in, 2000, yeah, in 2016, uh, started instructor training in Stru, just like you did. And um, yeah, and well, needless to say, that sort of changed my life profoundly. Mm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great story. And um, yeah, I, I, I know personally uh, from my own experience, you know, how much uh, of a difference something like the Wim Hof method yeah. uh, can make to, to people's experience of, of mental health problems and challenges yes. uh, in, in so many different ways. Um, what, would you, what would you say is is the kind of the key component to it for you that that made such a, an an impact yeah i think that's that's 
that's two. Um, well, obviously, the Wim Hof method is, is comprised of three pillars, uh, breathwork, um, uh, commitment, mindset, and cold exposure. Um, to me, um, the mindset component, um, the the ability of finding out that I actually have the ability to change my mind, my thoughts, my ideas about something, and by that, change my reality, hmm. both physiological and well, more mentally or holistically, um, that fully blew me away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's healthy. Yeah, you have a hormetic stressor, you choose to be in a stressful situation, cold environment, for instance, and that's actually good for your immune system. There is a lot of scientific data on that. But then you have that biological aspect. But the fact that your mind becomes clearer, you have less worrying thoughts in your mind that you choose to pay attention to. They might still be there, but you've got a choice. And no, I want to be the eye in the storm. I do not want to think about all these stressors. I'll just take them one by one, or maybe not at all at this time and point. That empowerment and that increased resilience that I got to deal with stress or fearful thoughts or whatever in a different way, yeah, that's that's the thing that, that I'm interested most. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, it's it's somehow the the Wim Hof method, and and maybe is the cold. Uh, the cold element to it, but it could be the breath work as well. Yeah, it seems to be like a kind of catalyst for personal growth. Um, <laughs> what I've seen, yes, not only in myself, <laughs> but in the well, hundreds and maybe thousands of people that have guided up until now. Yes, it's it's a major catalyst yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean the I mean the acceptance component alone is is pretty amazing no i mean yeah. when you for, for me um in my own story of, of struggling with ocd and anxiety when i first came across the word acceptance hmm. i was like okay i really understand this in theory this sounds like a brilliant way of dealing with anxiety and, and, and yeah. things but when it <clears throat> came to actually practicing it i was really struggling how how do i take what i've what I've read here and have understood pretty well, or at least yeah. I thought, how can I take that and really apply it yeah. to, to, to real life situations? And I was struggling with that. Yeah, with I understand. And, and, and maybe, um, maybe this struggle is part of the deal. And maybe it's okay. Uh, and, and talking about acceptance and also what I see when, when I help people be themselves in, in their process of, of life, it's, it's like, you're never going to change anything, neither transform anything, if you do not accept the current state of being. Mm. If your body is in a heightened level of stress, chronically, which a lot of people are in this society nowadays, in this Western society, your body is in chronic survival mode. It's running from a bear the entire time, whereas there is no bear there. Um, yet in your mind, something that resembles a bear is there and something is there to kill you. So your body thinks and feels like, okay, now we need to heighten adrenaline levels and all kinds of other stuff to be ready to fight this deathly stressor that is at hand. Well, there's nothing the matter. And the first step, which also took me a while, because I think a lot of people are fighting, like, I don't want to be in this situation or running away really quickly, fight, flight. Um, I think the first step that you really consciously should take, um, and if not alone, then with help of others, is accept the situation at hand. Accept what is here. This is as good as it gets. And that's not easy. I'm, I'm by no means saying that this is an easy thing. But then again, it's a limiting belief to say that it's not an easy thing. Because if you accept that it's not an easy thing, you accept that this is what's happening at this time and point, I have fearful thoughts in my mind. My mind is fully exploding on me, for instance, or I'm, I'm, I'm afraid and I don't know where it comes from. Um, that is the beginning point of growth to a new extraordinary instead of falling back in this spiral of negativity, which is somewhere in your past and not present anymore. Because 99 point something percent out of 100 in the present moment, nothing the matter. You're alive, mm. you're not dying, you're not being eaten, nobody's chewing on a finger or something. And that that realization was a game changer to me. Absolutely, yeah. That's huge. That's really, really important. Uh, you expressed it really well as well. And um, Thank you. 
yeah, I, I, I think the, the cold offer, offers up this opportunity you know, to put yes. yourself into this yeah. very uncomfortable, difficult place where your, you know, your body is going to have a, a physiological response. You can't yeah. help it. It's just going to happen. No, it's, no, it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want it to happen. I mean, if it didn't, you'd be in yeah. trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah true so and i think that that that's why um cold maybe even more than heat um because sometimes people ask me yeah but you know why not with extreme high temperatures i don't mm. know maybe cold is to us westerners such a uh, programmed non-natural state dangerous thing and that it's an ideal tool to use at will and by choice to go into to train yourself to be okay and accept what is mm. and everything I have learned every time again and again and again with going into a cold environment and I always approach it as as it being the first time uh, so to go in open-minded um, I learned that once I accept the situation at hand yeah this is extremely cold my toes and my fingers are sort of feel like they're freezing off which they're not doesn't happen that quickly um, I'm present and from that presence, I can get out of my mind. It becomes more clear and still in my mind. I can let my body do what it's supposed to do because the body knows. And from there, I adapt to that current situation. And then I am in control again and I can choose, okay, how do I want to deal with this? It's actually not as bad as I was thinking and telling myself with those voices inside of my head. No, it's actually okay. Yeah, it's cold. Uh-huh. Okay. And then your body balances out and all kinds of magic happens. So it's a wonderful tool. Mm, absolutely. But a lot of fear around it. Like every session I host, every group that I take into the course, like at least 60% of people have some limiting belief on, yeah, but I'm going to die or I'm going to lose fingers and it's going to be very, very cold. And, ah. and some people even have like, when it's 25 degrees outside, we're talking about it, they get goosebumps and they get cold. And that to me is an excellent example of not being present in the moment because the mind is wandering off already. It's present in that ice bath, in that potential future hazardous situation, which we're labeling like that in our heads, hmm. whereas there's nothing at hand in the present moment. So hmm. if I can get people to be in the present moment by breathing, for instance, that other beautiful component of the method, then they're in control again. Absolutely. Fantastic. And that leads us into, into the breath. Um, yeah. You know, obviously a huge part of the method. People look at Wim Hof and, you know, they think of him swimming think past an iceberg in, uh, <laughs> in the Antarctic. Um, but um, the, the breath work is, is, you know, perhaps even more important. Um, yeah. Can you kind of tell us a bit more about the breath work and, and what it's doing? Why, why is it so helpful? Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> I think there is a lot, uh, there are a few things we know and a lot we still do not know scientifically about why this, this breathwork or this type of breathwork is so um, profound and, and, and helpful, beneficial to, uh, to well, a lot of situations actually. Um, so really short, the, the Wim Hof method breathwork for those people who are listening in and do not know yet what, what it's comprised of is actually also comprised of three pillars. You've got, you choose to participate. Again, it's a hormetic stressor. So you choose to go into this breathwork exercise as open-minded as possible, preferably without expectations of what might happen, uh, which makes you more open to go deeper inside. Um, so you start out with uh, a number of repeats of um, um, conscious deep breathing. Um, yeah, which is like powerful inhales, so to say. So you focus on your inhale, you charge up your system because inhaling is a uh, short biology detour. Inhaling, you know, is, is activating your system. You've got two components in your autonomous nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic. If you inhale, you activate the sympathetic part, which in essence means action. When you exhale, you activate the parasympathetic part, which sounds crazy, but in essence creates rest for your system. So if you focus on inhaling continuously, you overactivate your system. You're putting yourself consciously into a sort of a survival mode, fight flight mode. So your adrenal levels go up, your cortisol levels go up, your dopamine levels rise, all, all kinds of stuff happens physiologically. You feel charged. You load your system with oxygen, you unload your system from carbon dioxide. So the normal level between 
carbon dioxide and oxygen changes. You do this for about 30, 40 repeats, which resembles about two minutes. Then you inhale one last time and you exhale. So you exhale not all the air out of your lungs, which is physiologically impossible, but you exhale until neutral, a little bit below neutral, and then you just wait. And then you go to the other side, the other extreme of breathwork. So first over-breathing and then non-breathing. And that non-breathing part actually also really stimulates your parasympathetic part of the nervous system. So the rest part of your nervous system. That's where people sort of go into space every now and then or just feel super, super calm. Um, you, you do that, for instance, until you feel the stimulus, your breathing stimulus again, which means that your, your autonomous nervous system luckily takes care of these things. You do not have to think about breathing usually. So it will give you a signal at some point like, hey, you need to breathe because oxygen levels are so low, we need new oxygen. Then you inhale and that's the third phase and you hold that breath, which we call the recovery breath for about 10 to 15 seconds. And then everything sort of balances out again. And that's one round of Wim Hof method breathing. So you go to the extremes in essence, long story short, to create a better form of balance in the middle. And we are in the middle most of the time. But a lot of people are overbreathers, are dysfunctional breathers. A lot of people breathe through their mouth half of the day or maybe the entire day. And by that, create disbalance in their system without them even being aware of it. So I think one of the most powerful things about the Wim Hof method from beginning on is that you can use this tool to increase your breath awareness, to increase what your your knowledge and your awareness of what you're actually doing while breathing a lot of people just breathe too shallow too fast um, through their mouths and if you change that you become a better breather a more efficient breather you go into like a more uh, well you, you you use less energy breathing just becomes more easy it uses up less energy because the breathing in itself the movement everything needs energy if you can cut that down, if you can make it a little bit more energy efficient, you leave energy for other cool stuff. And it balances your system out. So it's sort of a high intensity training for your cardiovascular system. It opens your veins, it closes your veins, it, it rebalances everything. And it just makes people feel good, energized and calm at the same time, which might sound paradoxical from a regular scientific point of view. But this is what most people describe like, whoa, I'm here. But I'm so fucking zen. <laughs> Excuse me for the wording. You need to put an E on the <laughs> on the podcast now. Um, so those those opposites to combine a better balanced state, which is an active thing. Balance is not a flat line. Look at nature; it's always ups and downs. But in a better balanced way, in a more beautiful dance, instead of extremes the entire time, yeah, it makes you more resilient. Mm. It helps you be present in the moment. That's one cool thing about breathing too. It can only happen in the moment. You cannot breathe in the past and you cannot breathe in the future. So you're breathing now. You focus on one thing. So your, your mind, uh, your, your prefrontal cortex, which sort of regulates where your attention goes, focuses on one thing and is not involved again in all those thoughts and things that might be wandering about. Mm. You become calmer. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly my experience and the workshops that I've run uh, and things like that. Yeah. People generally have this very calm um, uh, afterglow and are just feeling relaxed and happy yeah. and energized. And um, one thing that occasionally happens uh, mm -hmm. to people during the breath work is they they can have kind of, uh, you know, memories that come up that perhaps they'd forgotten. Yep. Um, even, even almost traumatic events and, yep. and things that, that, that might come up. Yeah, true. Um, is there any, is there any kind of, uh, thoughts as to why that might be happening as, as of well, now, or is that still being researched? Um, that is still being researched, but just, you know, brainstorming about it and what is already known out of trauma research, uh, Bessel van der Kolk, for instance, is a very, um, respected authority in that field, uh, who yeah. has done like yeah. more than 30 years of research the and score, yeah. yeah, the Fantastic body keeps the score and, and, and actually also helping people with it. So not just a scientist or not just a clinician, but somebody who does both, which mm. is a rarity in these days. Um, yeah, as, as the title of his famous book already says, the body keeps the score. So we uh, encounter life experiences. We all have 
you know, we all meet trauma, we all meet stress, which is normal. I think we need that in order to grow. It's just that sometimes we crazy humans, for some reason, decide to hold on to that and hold on to that for whatever which reason, but store that inside of our bodies. So there are places inside of our bodies that, that hold that trauma. And once you start doing things like, for instance, breathwork, which is a way to rebalance and release trauma, that might get moving. So it might get out. It might be beautiful things, beautiful experiences, but it might also indeed be more negatively, um, quote unquote, negative. It, it might not be negative, but we might see it as that. Um, experiences from, from, from the past, maybe not even from your own past, maybe from parents or whatever, that's also possible, which leads into a whole new field of discussion. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. and if you start doing those breathwork exercises, these things might pop up, which is absolutely fine. But that's also why as, as an academy instructor, I think it's so important that people don't just take this lightly and oh, I'll just breathe the shit out of myself using watching a YouTube video. So uh, please go to somebody who is trained to guide this process because it's easy to make people breathe. It's easy to freak people out or to give them a beautiful experience, but you should be ready for what might come out on the back end of it. And I think that's why we have to take this very, very serious. It's not a game. Um, it's a beautiful tool that you can use to help people heal and rebalance and get rid of things that are not serving them anymore. But it has to be done with caution. And so the, so the breathing can release these stored traumas. Mm. And they might exit the body in a multitude of different varieties. Yeah, it's fantastic. I could uh, keep keep kind of asking you questions about this, but um, I did want to kind of move on to, to to some other areas as well. Cool. Um, and so um, so you you set up this 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 business related to to taking people uh, or, or connecting people uh, again with yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. Why why is that so important to you? Because it helped me heal. <laughs> Simple answer. When I was in a very dark period in my life, my coach took me out into nature. She didn't put me in an office that I was in as a, as a psychologist at that time and point, helping do my best to help people. She took me outside. She took me outside. She made me walk and I cried. I ran, I screamed, I hugged trees. Um, I thought it was going crazy, but it all helped me to be me again, to feel reconnected to my own inner nature again. And from that, I decided, okay, at that point that I decided I really want to help people in a way that you're helping people, but then create my own way. I was thinking, okay, so do I need an office? Well, actually I have the most beautiful office available day and night, no matter what the weather is like nature. So I decided my, outside, my, my office is outside and I'll just take people into nature. And I started out pretty rationally, but I felt like this is helping me. I'm, I, you know, I just feel at ease. And if you, if you, for instance, dive into the world of Shinrin Yoku, so the Japanese uh, art of forest bathing, which has been a, a regular therapy form in uh, Japan since I think 1980 or 81. And some things they're way ahead uh -huh. of us. Yeah. Um, this works. And there's actually a lot of scientific research also into this field already that earthing, grounding, connecting, in essence, connecting this nature, which we are with the rest of nature again, creates more balance. Um, being in a green natural environment for a prolonged period of time, preferably on a daily basis, 15, 20, 30 minutes on a daily basis, makes your body be more stable and resilient. Your hormonal values are becoming better. Your heart rate will go down. Your breath will, will, will become better by itself. You don't have to do an exercise. Um, you will feel more stable and grounded. And this is only happening also when, when you still have your shoes on. But if you take your shoes off and make sure that there is extra connection, and that's also, for instance, why people see when people that follow me on social see my feet a lot on photos. It's like it's my invitation to help people realize, hey, we've got these coffins on our feet, shoes, and they can look funky and flashy, but they are a big layer of insulation between nature that we are and nature outside. Just take them off every now and then. Yeah, it might be crazy thoughts in your head like, ooh, can I do this? Sure. Um, and it'll make you feel better. 
don't take my word for it, go explore and experience. Um, so yeah, that's when I started growing more and more into taking people outside, taking them outside of their boxes, either the boxes inside of their head or the boxes, the cubicles in which they're working, whether it's um, a worker of a company or the CEO of a company, it doesn't really matter. My clients come from everywhere and I take them outside, whether it's sun is shining or the rain is there or snow or whatever. Um, this is mindset and, and you know, ah, it's bad weather, we shouldn't go outside. Okay, so why? And how do you address stress in the rest of your life? You always walk away from it or shall we go for it? So I find a lot of tools and metaphors in nature that I can use to help people realize how they deal with sit other situations in their life. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think it's yeah. uh, so important to, to be doing that. And I, I know uh, with with my own work and you know the clients I work with, yeah. uh, when they when they do choose to to go outside more to reconnect a little bit with nature then it makes a huge difference. And there's it so does. much research as well to, to support it. Yeah. yeah. And that's a cool thing that this this thing that has always been there, it's what we are. It's been there since the beginning of time that, that since we have been on this planet and have been using it. Now, luckily, science is catching up on this knowledge, which is there and can add zeros and ones to it, which this Western world oftentimes still needs because somehow we have learned ourselves that we need evidence-based things we need, we need proof in, in papers and science that says, hey, this is working, <laughs> and to start believing in it. And I have sort of turned that around for myself. I, I was the kind of guy that was like seeing first, believing then, and now I'm into believing first and creating and seeing then. That's really interesting coming coming from you, a uh, scientist, <laughs> and, uh, you yeah. know, but it, there's something to that for, for sure. I mean, obviously with the Wim Hof method, what Wim likes to try to do is to bring the science into it, no, to, yeah. to kind of show Which is people. a good thing. Yeah. Because this is what this world, maybe not me or you personally, but this yeah. the Western society apparently wants. still needs this. Yeah. So let's provide it. It's there. Yeah. If science can find ways to measure things and make things measurable, mm. we'll prove it. It's, 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 it's not a hype. It's not a crazy story because this taps into the heart of everything, which is connection, love and nature, which has been present always and will always be present. It's just mm. we get so distracted in our minds by over rationalizing stuff. So we're just going to bring back things to the way they were supposed to be all along. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're somebody who feels like they need the science, fair enough. But yeah, cool. if you can just jump in sometimes, then maybe you can discover for yourself. Ah, there is actually some something to this, you know, yeah. and I can find out firsthand. I don't need to yeah. read about it uh, first in a book or a research yeah. paper. And it's, you know, so it's fine that it's there. It's fine to read. I also I read stuff on a daily basis. You know, I still want to also educate and grow myself in that way. But for instance, yesterday I was out in nature um, uh, with a with a, a surgeon, uh, a client of mine. He's a surgeon. Um, he, we started walking. He has these these big bulky uh, walking shoes on, um, and I asked him whether he would be okay with taking them off. Rational guy, fully in his head. And um, he was like, oh, why? So when I explained, and then I put the science to it because that's what scientists like. And I talk your language, then you understand. He said, oh, okay, let's do it. He did. Oh, from wow. the two, yeah, from the two hours that we walked, I think one and a half hours were on bare feet. And he was like, <laughs> whoa, what's this? And he felt calmer, he felt connected, he, he, he felt pain because he wasn't uh, used to walking on bare feet and, you know, pine cones and whatever uh, on the floor. Um, well, hopefully but, he's a foot surgeon. So, you know, if he gets yeah. a problem, he'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no, in this case, not. But he probably has colleagues that could help him there. Uh, <laughs> but it was it's like beautiful to see people that are in their heads so much. My former world uh, mm. to go from the top part of their bodies to the bottom part of their bodies, their feet yeah. and feel things again and yeah. then increase their resilience and their balance state with that. Yeah. That's interesting then. So when, when you go out in nature and you do hiking and things like that, you tend to, to go barefoot. Not always. Um, I also wear shoes, but then preferably <laughs> barefoot shoes or, or my Luna sandals, uh, you know, barefoot sandals uh, in which my feet can actually do what they're supposed to do. Is, that, of... is that like TiVo? Is it TiVo, the brand that does the... 
No, Tiva is that, that's not a real barefoot brand. Okay. And there are a number of barefoot um, sandal brands which have yeah. zero drop, so flat soles are like our feet were supposed to be, not with an yeah. inclination with it with a heel drop. Yeah. Um, just to mimic um, the natural way of walking yeah. that our feet are intended to do as much as possible. Mm. And then I take my shoes off a lot. I'm, I'm actually without shoes here now. So, um, <laughs> um, and I'm in an urban rural environment. I've got shoes, but I take them off and I use my feet. And it actually, the cool thing is you've got about 28 different bones inside of your foot and they're all connected with tendons and ligaments and, and, and muscles. And what you do when you wear shoes, you make them lazy. Mm. It's the same thing as always showering warm. We have overly domesticated this body. Yeah, and we are very resilient and we can do a, a lot of cool stuff, but we have to challenge that system. So by taking your shoes off, like taking a cold shower every now and then, you challenge the system. The body needs to work and then your body becomes stronger. It's that easy. Mm, absolutely. I did uh, some trail running last night. We had some uh, fantastic mountains just uh, just here. We're kind of talking about it. I think the last time we uh, yeah. we talked and um yeah, I mean it's uh, it's very rocky going up, but um, I think that would be an interesting challenge, even to just kind of take them off for ten minutes, um, uh, you know, and yeah. just give it a go, and uh, and then put your shoes back on. But probably for those ten minutes, I can imagine it would be very good for kind of mindfulness training, no? Because exactly. Really having to be in the moment, looking where you're where you're putting your foot, paying attention to the sensations. And, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's also what I was thinking. Like you're saying 10 minutes, but maybe just start by one or two minutes, you know, for people that have never done this. And what you will immediately realize when you sense like, oh, this is painful or this is intense, whatever, mm. uh, is that you have to lower your speed. Mm. Because these layers of insulation, the soles of your shoes, also make you not need to think about what's below you. Um, and that's, you just run by. It's you're on this highway of life. Yeah, you, you're disconnected yeah. from the very ground. How are you going to be grounded exactly. if you're if you're disconnected from the ground? <laughs> exactly. So when you take them off, you need to lower your speed. You need to be present in the moment. Use your breath. You need to look around or learn to see with your feet. Observe with your feet. The speed goes down, but the experience heightens and the connection is better too. Mm. And you know be playful Do, don't start on this uh, rocky sharp incline thingy uh, but just flat surface you know your backyard for instance take them off um, or when you're running on a flat surface just take them off for a few minutes because your feet are not used to this you need to train your feet to become more strong and also the tendons and your achilles heel and, and stuff so you need to train those to be ready again to walk bare feet and that just takes time but once you're there, you, you know, you can start wearing all kinds of shoes again and take them off and you're still okay. Yeah. And that kind of leads in nicely to my to my next uh, question as well, which is, you know, if there's people listening, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're, they're a bit taken by the Wim Hof method or by, by exploring the outdoors or, or what, you know, whatever it is, reconnecting with mm -hmm. nature. But they're they're tentative because, you know, perhaps they live in a city, perhaps they don't have much experience of going into the outdoors or yeah. or any of this kind of stuff. How can they how can they kind of get started with it? Well, step by step, <laughs> literally, um, I think when when I walk bare feet, so I'm, I'm downtown in the city center in the city in the south of the Netherlands. When I walk bare feet out here, a lot of people will look at me and think, What's that for a crazy guy? And I'm fine with that now, uh, but I didn't used to be. So just, you know, find a space, go outside, walk, walk on shoes, whatever you're wearing normally. And, um, and, and from there, just take them off for a minute where nobody's watching and then experience and observe how that feels. And maybe it feels painful. Well, congratulations, you've just felt something. And that's good. Um, yeah. Maybe you can relabel it like, whoa, this is interesting. This is a new experience. And mm. then from there, you take a step again and you just expand and expand. Incremental small steps make big gains in the end. And, you know, you, and the more you do this, the more you do cold exposure, the more you're in nature, the more you're in bare feet in nature, the more you get connected to yourself and the less you start worrying about what other people might think about you. Absolutely. I know there is a lot of judgment in this Western society, but in, in the end, 
you know, the only one that can actually judge on yourself is yourself. So, and, and I, I hope that people do that less and less because, you know, we're good people. Um, I believe in, in good, and um, what's the word for it? Um, like good motivation uh, in people. It's, it, there are no bad people. From everybody's own perspective, everybody does their best to do the best thing. It's just that you can learn and grow and adapt beliefs, programming, ideas that might not be as beneficial as they might have once been. And then we grow. And if you grow, I grow. And if I grow and, and, and we talk about it, then we both grow. And if people listen to us talking about our personal growth, then they might grow. And then we all help each other to create this more extraordinary new world instead of sticking in this past experience out of regret or fear or anxiety, like, ah, it was bad yesterday, so it might be bad tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, and, and from, your, from your personal experiences, your story, the struggles that, you, that you've had, yeah. Um, what would you say is is kind of the most important thing that you've learned that you would like to kind of relay to, to people? Um, well, that our physical body is mortal. I'm going to die. This body, not, not me, but this body will die out on me. There is an expiration date on this thing. I can better take care of it now by living and being playful and open and learning as much as possible and transferring that onward to other people so that when this body is gone, the knowledge is still there. And that's in essence, the beginning and end of everything, self, self care and self love. I've learned to love myself again because I know I am worthy of loving myself. I forgot that I got disconnected from that. And that's one of the biggest um, reasons, motivations behind what I'm doing, why I am doing the Wim Hof Method, why I am one of the academy instructors, why I am into coaching people out in nature. You can only love others profoundly, sustainably, if you love yourself. And by breaking down the limiting beliefs, the fear, the anxiety, by acknowledging that they are there first and then taking steps, you have to take these steps yourself, but you're not alone. There are people like you, like me, like a number of other, lots of other people that can help you in this process. You can see the fear, embrace it, learn from it and grow. So that's what to me is most important. And that's what's, what's helping me on a daily basis because it's not that I'm like living an easy, like fully, fl always fully flowing life. No, it's a roller coaster, and, but it's life. And I'm doing my best to live it. I'm not afraid of dying anymore. I'm not doing death in slow motion every day by not living out of fear. No, I'm living. I'm, I'm expanding my comfort zone. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm passing it on. I'm grateful to be here, to be connected to you, for instance. Thank God for modern day technology. And, um, and to help myself grow. And by taking care of me, I take care of you. And we do the same thing. And then we help this world become a more beautiful and extraordinary place. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. Self-compassion is so important. And yeah. unfortunately for many people, it's still something that in, in Western culture and, and for both men and women, sometimes yeah. maybe even more for men, I feel like self-compassion is something that we don't want to do almost. It kind of... Uh, it's a taboo still, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. it's a But by showing up vulnerable, because vulnerability might be our superpower, our hidden disconnected superpower vulnerability by showing up vulnerable yeah you might get hurt but the chance that you might get punched in the face or whatever because you're vulnerable is actually way less than just everything beautiful that can happen when you show up vulnerable and when you say hey could you help me please i don't know i i had a, i had a big breakdown last like, like two days ago and a friend was there in front of me and i said to her like my mind is just going everywhere. I don't know what to do. Could you help me, please? And she did. So I had to do that myself, but it wasn't there alone. You're never alone. There are always people that you can reach out to, either like physically or at a distance. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out, show vulnerable, and take little, little steps which incrementally will help you to be you more. Mm, fantastic message there. Really great. Um, if um do you do you have a kind of uh what one book that you you might recommend to mm. people that that could be helpful in in some of the things you've uh you've been talking about today 
<laughs> there are lots of books that you can <laughs> that you can read. Um, hmm. Well, regarding to breathwork, I think if people are interested in that, I think James Ness's book Breath is a really interesting, really easily accessible one, um, which will teach you a lot about the different components and possibilities and options of breath, uh, which will help you be a better person for yourself and others. Um, I love reading uh, Joe Dispenza's stuff about the power of the mind and, and the being, being your own placebo, changing your mindset to change your reality. Um, those are books I read a couple of years ago, but they still, yeah, they still have their influence. Um, one, one, of, one of the most influential books to me that I read last year um, was uh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Um, this is an autobiographical book about a tech guy deciding not to be not to be in this corporate world anymore, but go out into nature, just um, commit to surrendering to the process of life, which will create flow in the middle. And the things he uh, experienced by doing that, mind-blowing, beautiful, also intense, but beautiful. So that really, that really struck me. And then for the older ones, like um, Hermann Hesse's Siddhartha, uh, which is literature from 1922, that book really also got me um, describing the life of Siddhartha, maybe the Buddha, uh, who knows, um, also about letting go and embracing what is and embracing the opportunities that arise from what is. So, uh, well, then you got a number of book tips already. <laughs> yeah, quite a few there. Thanks for that. <laughs> Fantastic. And if people want to, to find out more about you and your coaching yep. and uh, Wim Hof uh, They can workshops. give me a call. Or just go to my website, www.bartscolterson, which is my name, .nl. I'm based in the Netherlands, hence the extension NL. Um, or follow me on Instagram. Same, my, my name on Instagram, that's me. And that, that's the two platforms I'm most active at. Fantastic. And I'll put that information as well in the Super show cool. notes. Yeah. So, uh, Bart, thank you so much for your time. It's been, uh, it's been great talking to you. With love. Thank you. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. And there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group, or anywhere else online, or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.